gospel is always a challenge, but to live it, and it's true today's gospel too. And although I have not picked a special text, I'm going to talk to you about the fragility of life and living the gospel. First of all, dating with these sisters and priests and everything, they're all getting, they're getting older. And uh, yes, we have vocations, but we don't get them quick enough. And a lot of these priests and sisters are, you know, they're working hard. It's no wonder they fall over and things like that. I don't think anybody works as hard for God as monks and nuns. Um, a lot of people work for God, but it's sort of, they think it's a career. Or this or that, you know, it's a way of life, and they become secularized. And their heart, God's heart, their heart is not filled with their religion. They're, they're doing it, and there's sort of minimalism. I think the whole Catholic Church and the whole world is filled with minimalism. I remember in the old days in the catechism, they'd have to do with the Sunday church and holy days and the confession at Easter. And, <coughs> and in those days, they used to have on Friday, the meat. And uh, I thought to myself after a while, this is a sort of minimalism. We should not treat God this way. It says in the scripture, and you're familiar with this, you should love the Lord God with your whole heart, your whole soul, and your whole mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Well, first of all, if you don't love God really strongly, it's hard to love your neighbors. Some of our neighbors are pretty, you know, difficult to love. But we are Christians, and we have to show the people love. So one of the meditations I made when I was there with the sisters is about being exceptions to our love. We believe exclude people from it, or do I get ticked off at somebody when I don't pray for them? And I think that's an indictment, because I haven't often, not often, but occasionally got upset with someone, and I just pulled my relationship with them. That's okay, but if you pull your relationship with your neighbor, you better pray more for One of the terrible things I've done in my life was that I was living in Yonkers, my grandparents, and if you were a good boy, you might get clothes and go to a movie and get popcorn. The movie cost about 10 cents in those days. You know, now they're 20 bucks or something out here. Amazing. And I even had nickels that left to hide out. 
And so anyway, uh, usually I would go Saturday night, and then I had to be there at 10. And when I got back to the house, they were setting up waiting for me. So as I got back by the 10 o'clock, and sometimes I'd run up the hill, nothing was set. By the time I didn't get back on time, they said, oh, I guess Joe can't go out anymore because uh, he can't get back on time. He can't, he'll be here. So I made all my, I really made an effort to be obedient so that I wouldn't lose my privileges, which were few anyway. And the other way I could express to my grandpas to really get a big treat, <coughs> I'd get up and go to Matins and Liturgy, and in the afternoon I'd go to the Vespers. And there would always be a big dinner. The whole family was there for dinner on Sunday. It was one big crowd of what they were Delta about. And um, so I would go to Vespers, and I'd come home from Vespers, I'd been a good boy that day. I went I went Matins, <laughs> went to liturgy, and I went to Vespers. And uh, I got all sorts of treats. Two desserts, maybe a quarter or something. Now, if I didn't do any of those things, I could have been the wallpaper. They ignored me. They didn't say anything about it. They just ignored me. So I learned quickly that was their way. They didn't say much to you, but you, they knew by the way you acted towards them that you were doing the right thing with them. And so anyway, a minimalism was not acceptable. I think I told you the story. I was kneeling down saying my prayers, and this was the holy pictures, holy icons, and night before to go to bed. Ten o'clock at night in that house, everybody was praying the night prayers on it. And so anyway, uh, I was saying when I visit, like this time of year, there's still light out, you know. Nine o'clock, ten o'clock, still be light. I'd say night prayers and go to bed anyway. But can I stay up a little? No. Because you won't get up in the morning. So and that bothered me. So anyway, I uh, said my night prayers, and I just said them, you know, basically, and uh, my grandmother, she says, are you praying? I said, Baba, I'm saying my prayers. She said, well, I can't hear you. I said, well, uh, she said, if I can't hear you, neither can God. You better speak up. So I said my night prayers, not too loud, but they, they knew I was praying. I think maybe grandmother had a special connection with God that she knew all this stuff, you know. So anyway, it was a nicer time in those days. There weren't so many distractions. Churches were full, and the people were attentive in their prayer. You can see them sitting there with their rosary or their prayer book, and they would be there a long time. Sometimes, my generation of the 
family, most of us went into religion. I had a cousin, Paul, he didn't go into religion, but everybody else was in an order or a priest or something. <laughs> so we used to call him the odd one because he got married, you know, so we're all, you know, I had one cousin, a Christian brother, and I was in seminary. And I went up to his vows and he did the song vows. We wound up in South America teaching Chinese, believe it or not. I haven't heard from him in a long time. I don't know if he's living or dead. But anyway, the, the religion, the quality of the religion was intense. And the churches were full. So uh, I, uh, one of my friends that lives in St. Kate Mary with me, uh, he didn't, he completed the, the course, but he didn't go to become a priest. He got married. By the time he got married, I was ordained, so I went to the wedding. And uh, later on, he'd call me maybe once a year. Not too often. So he called me a couple of years ago. He says, you know, our church is half empty. What do you think's wrong? I says, well, there's several things that are different from the people that built that church. Those people that built that church 100 years ago, they're all in the cemetery. And that they had five and six children. And when they went to church, they filled the pew. And you don't see that, do you? And said, well, maybe you see a couple. I said, well, how, your children, how many children did they have? He didn't give me an answer. I said, the second thing, I think, is that, the third thing, I think, is that the people do not like the change, these Western churches. I don't think they like the changes in their liturgy. And you know, they always shorten the prayers. So one of our uh, saints in the prologue asked the question, why do the Western people shorten their prayers? Now that's a challenge. The old timers didn't shorten their prayers, but it seems like at the Vatican II, everybody had so much to do they didn't have enough time for God, and the prayers, if they were said at all, were shortened. They had to go golfing, going to school. They got too affluent, those people. They got very affluent, because the church educated them very well. The nuns, brothers, mother, the priests, they emphasized educating the children. You got a darn good education, because if you didn't, there was a nun standing over you making sure you do your lesson. And you wouldn't get home till five o'clock. Then you'd probably get a spanking for being late. Now nobody gets a spanking. Nobody's got a nun to teach them. Schools are not doing the job. We're in a real crisis. That crisis affects the church. Now the pilgrimage was well attended, but it was mostly older people. They didn't have a grandmother or somebody drag them down there and say, kneel there and we're going to say the rosary. And you know, you didn't dare disobey in those days. And uh, 
sometimes she'd be saying, I think she had the longest rosary in history, I don't know. But anyway, she'd be going on, I'd lay down on the grass, fall asleep, and I'd wake up. And I like that place because there was a statue of Our Lady there in a pond, and in the pond were goldfish. And I always like to see those goldfish. So it isn't terrible to go there, you know. And that statue, it's in Riverdale, New York. The nuns got that statue, and they put it in church. And they got up in the morning, and it was out in the yard. So they they didn't know who took it out. Well, who took that statue out? So they put it back in the church. Next morning, it's out in the yard. They did this three times. So they called in the handyman and said, are you moving the statue around? She says, I'm not moving it around. And then she went out there to see what she was saying. She said, well, we'll just put her, build a shrine here and put her in the shrine. And that became a place of uh, frequent pilgrimages. Even all, they even named the seasons words for pilgrimages. But in those days, there are many, many places to go to pray. We had the Grand Noir monks, Franciscans, they were founded by Father Paul, who's a very holy man. He never touched money. So he'd go down to New York City and have to get on the subway or the train to get back up to Graymore. So he'd stand there and some beg money and somebody would pay his way and then he could get on the train. He never touched money. Uh, more today, it used to be a great pilgrimage. I used to go up there once in a while and uh, just to pray. I would pray by Father Paul's sarcophagus, you know, each day. But there were lots of places like that. <coughs> Within a walking distance, you could be at some shrine or another. And of course, if you could, you couldn't always get permission to go to a movie or and the movies were pretty decent in those days. You didn't get permission to go here or go there. Now, now your uncle or your dad might take you out somewhere. I love that, too. Go down to New York City. But anyway, uh, there was always a shrine you could go to. So up the hill from us, there was some cloistered French nuns, and they had a shrine. And there was another one over Sacred Heart. They had a shrine. We had 22 Catholic parishes in this country. We didn't have anything like that up here. Catholics out here are like hen's teeth. You know, hens don't have teeth. You know, they're animals not to be found. A place like this would be overwhelmed by people. That's why I'm out here. I have some birthday seasons. Everybody has time for everything except God. And the time they spend with God is minimal. We have to give God quality time. Be selfish. Because if you give God quality time, he's going to give you a blessing. It's a good way to be selfish and pray. That's a good thing to do. To read the holy books. To have a rule those people, they learned that in Europe where they were in the village. 
they brought it with them, and they tried to teach it to their children. Now, my aunts and uncles, they were, good. They were practicing Catholics, whatever that means. And they would go to church on Sunday and all that, and they prayed before and after meals. And when I came along, there was a lot more praying in the house because I, I used to pray a lot when I was little. But I really raised my own with the life. If we used to give a sermon in the church, I'd go, to, I'd go back and give it in the house, give them in the living room services. And they listened, but they didn't throw me down the steps or something. Of course, one of the things that ruined everything was that television. Took up a lot of the family time that we had before. And I like to watch it too once in a while, but of course I wasn't allowed that. And that People were better. Why? They had more time for God. Why? They formed their conscience. Why? Confession lines with the whole length of the church. Now, some places they tell me that confession lines are just go like that. But, I, of course, I don't go to those places. So I wouldn't know. Usually I have to find the priest to hear my confession. And they, I usually one comes along, God provide. So I can always make my Easter duty and all that. And we have to talk about this, about making confessions. I don't want to say the same thing every time you come in. I want you to examine your conscience and your life. Ask yourself, do I say my daily prayer? Do I say my daily rosary? Do I read the holy books? Do I really know the Bible? Don't be like those other people outside the church. They think they know that. They really don't. They haven't learned it intimately. It's what's under the skin, what's under the wood. How the Spirit is working. If you get to know the Bible, the Holy Spirit will teach you. And you're going to be reading that Bible and say, I never knew that before. I've been reading this for 20 years. I never noticed that. It takes time and dedication to be a Christian. Why is the world in trouble? We have no respect in the world for life. Everybody was talking, of course, the program was about Ukraine. A lot of them had the little Ukrainian flags on their cars. And I'm no you know, fine. I'm not too fond of the Ukraine. But you know, can you imagine walking down a street for a dead body? showed a picture in the Columbia and that's the MX Columbus magazine all these body bags with flowers on them. At least they were in a body bag and somebody they get the good time they can dig a trench and put them all in it. It's terrible. I 
constant Oleg. Oh, I talked him up. Let me get to my phone. And it's carnage. We have more respect for our farm animals than they have for human beings. Why is that? If they don't know their neighbor because they don't care. In fact, they're probably killing their neighbor that does care. So, the pilgrimage, we looked at each other and we don't understand. Made all this progress. What progress? We're killing our brothers for what? For the industrial military complex so they can sell more guns? Dear brothers and sisters, this Sunday I say to you, we are in trouble. We're not giving quality time to God. If we really were more earnest about our Catholic faith, and of course I know you people are, but maybe you can get the message to others. We're God's great instruments of conversion, God's instruments of prayer, God's instruments of love. I tell the monks here, please talk, they don't want to talk to me anymore, I drive them nuts, but anyway, the love of learning, desire for God, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that's what we're about. Seraphim said that, not exactly, but more or less. Now, as you go along with your contemporaries, and you work hard all your life in the church. God blesses you in many ways that you can do that work and accomplish things for the church, for God. And we watch them age. We watch them like at the pilgrimage, the Ukrainian priest and He gave the keynote address. I didn't stay for it. I had to get Ben back here at, uh, so I could have liturgy this morning. And uh, I looked at him. I hardly recognized him. It's not that he's beat up or anything like that. He's, he's all white. Hair's white, his eyebrows are white. I'm all white too, actually. And I remember him when he, you know, when he first came to Seattle for, for, for that Ukrainian marriage. He's going to retire now. He's going to go back to New York, Long Island. I see. I'm I'm wondering if he's a well or not, because he's only, he's only about, he's 65, that's young for 65. So 
I didn't get to talk to him. He was busy. I probably, when I went to New York and saw my classmates that went to seminary with me, I see a picture once in a while. I never brought up. Years change and they go quickly. And there's one thing to do all those years is to advance in the love of God and prayer and the service of the church. So these people, like the men that fell over on the Mount of Dreams and died, it is She gave, she worked until she was 89 and fell over. I wonder if our children have the same suffering. And they brought her down from the liturgy. She was just so happy and she had a prayer book. My boy come up. Reverend Mother was with her. Hebrew. We should live our life as heroes of Christ in the church. Not listen to, I don't want to listen to people talk about what's wrong with the church. Nothing wrong with the church as compared to the rest of the world. We're bound down a few sinners, you know. What's wrong is giving quality time to God. And when you pray for God's attention, and you need that attention, but give him likewise service. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen.